Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Final hour of the week. And then we're out of here. Ben Kenny Grant Bills. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in on anything we have hit today, feel free. The phones are open. We'll go open lines all hour. I wish I could go on. Grant, I always loved as a kid. I would go on air or I'd be listening in my car and they would go commercial free for the next hour. I'd be like, oh, oh sweet. That's the best. As long as we're talking about sports talk, there's nothing better than a commercial free hour. Of yes. Sports uh, unfortunately, not the case, though. The phones are open. We will let anybody and everybody get through if you wish. 877-867-1670. At the open right now, not much has changed since we last spoke, but Cam Smith, 13 under. Cam Young is 10 under, tied with Rory McIlroy. Rory still through 13, so he has yet to finish his round. Could pick up another birdie or two to get in the house. DJ Dustin Johnson is at nine under the highest live guy. That's what I want to ask you about in a second, Grant. Scotty Scheffler and Terrell Hatton, eight under. They are tied for fifth. Then you have Taylor Gooch, another live guy. Adam Scott, Patrick Cantlay, Sahit Tagala, Victor Hovland all at seven. A lot more at six. It goes down from there. A fun leaderboard, one with stories everywhere. Those being different stories for different people. With the live stuff. So Dustin Johnson, uh, the biggest fish to be landed by the live to this point. It was somewhat of a surprise when he committed, when that all came out a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. Wow. Time is flying these days. What would, as a more casual golf viewer and a casual golf follower, what would your thought be if Dustin Johnson was in contention on Sunday? What would your thought be if he won? Is there any, like, I want him to win because of the chaos of it? What would you feel, I guess, inside if you could put yourself in that position on Sunday? What would you feel if one of the live guys, DJ, Gooch, Sergio Garcia, whoever else, what if they won? I get a sense of the feeling that I felt in, like, five or six of the Super Bowls in the last decade where I'm needing to watch the team that beat the Packers. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way that team can win. That can't happen like that. I I don't even want to think about what would happen, right? Like Tom Brady, every time they advance to the Super Bowl, is like, I can't do this. I can't watch this guy win. I feel similarly about Johnson. I don't want to live guy to win. That would suck. I don't want that would just be terrible. So I, I guess that's what I think about it. Part of me likes the intrigue of like Rory and DJ coming down the stretch. But also, I really like. Both of the cams. Like, I I don't need DJ in there for intrigue. So it's funny. A reporter, presumably from the Bronx or, or New York Post, excuse me, someone from New York. Cam Smith went to high school, New York City in the Bronx, though he grew up in Long Island. In a very, you know, golf town, suburban town. Well, off. yeah, as with many of them, they were playing golf from a young age, which not many get to do, obviously. So someone asked him how it feels like or what it would feel like to be a kid from the streets of Bronx to come on and win a major. And Cam Young's response quickly was, listen, man, I'm not from the Bronx. I'm from the suburbs of Long Island. Like, come on now. You don't have to make that story. I think I texted you about this. Was it last week? I was watching Chet and they were talking about they didn't say he was from a rough neighborhood or anything like that. But they basically said, you know, from a suburb of Minneapolis, you know, played a lot of pickup, 
you know, they try to say <laughs> it without saying it. And I'm sitting there like, Ugh. man, I've been to Minnehaha. Like, he's not from the rough part of town, okay? But it's, it's like they were trying to elude, you know what I mean? They wouldn't yeah. say it, but they were kind of saying it. It's really funny. Yeah, so that was a good exchange, but I'm with you. My personal thoughts, and this is more of golf nut job stuff. I mean, I'm very anti-live, if you have heard me talk about it oh. at all. I am... Not necessarily anti the smaller guys who went because I don't really care about them anyway, if that makes sense. I am severely anti the big names, the needle movers that go because of the damage they're doing to the golf. In the end of the day, we talked about the ESPN plus thing, those prices being raised. Who it hurts in the end of the day is the fan. A fractured golf world just means less intriguing golf for the fan. So in thinking about a follower of the sport, I would be crushed if it just ceases to exist, which could be a road we eventually go down if all these things still crazily happen. In terms of the leaderboard, I mean, big fan of Cam Smith. He's made me a lot of money. He's also Australian. As I said, he is going to wear four different shades of pink over four days, which is awesome. He rocks it. His game style, he is wildly aggressive, sometimes to a fault, and that has gotten him into trouble. But it's fun seeing that aggressive nature play out on a course with wind and a course like this. Cam Young is a youngster, also made me a lot of money. So I love him. He's one of those guys I was on before the public was. So I would throw him in all my lineups and then he would, I, I bet him 10 to win like 200 bucks to make top five at Southern Hills at the PGA. Big time long shot odds. Finished in third. So things like that happen. Rory, I mean, he's my pick. It's one of those things where, I mean, I am clearly a fan of the sport, but even the announcers say we can't root for people to win, but you want good things to happen to good people. And Rory, with everything he's done, and I mean, he's been the face of the game for a while now. For everything he's done, you want, I definitely do, the good thing, that win to happen to a guy like that. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Hey, this is Andy. Andy, what up? So you guys were talking about uh, Sports Radio Mount Rushmore earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, I got to tell. So Grant with with Dan Patrick, like I, he's a little more boring now. I guess I I still like because he gets his guests are awesome. He just got such a star studded lineup of of guests. But back in the day when he was on ESPN, it was him and Rob Dibble, and they were hilarious. They yeah. It was it was not boring. It was very fun. Dibble said stupid stuff. Patrick would rip on him. They had Tanya Harding. I mean, they had so many inside jokes. It was a good show. Hmm. Um, but someone, I'm, number one, I'm, I'm glad no one mentioned Jim Rome. I, I can't stand. <laughs> I think he's the most unbearable listener on the radio. Um, and, so but, quickly, I come from a different perspective here, where I never grew up listening to national shows. It was always whenever my dad and I were in the car, we would always put on the local talk show. So I never really was shown Jim Rome and all those guys that are on a national stage really since I got here. And then because those shows are on sometimes on stations and just because other things generally, I've since been shown, you know, all that stuff. And I still stick by it. I'm a more I'm a bigger fan of local sports talk radio than I am the national stuff. And I am now, but I'm from Altoona, which is by Eau Claire, and we just got local sports radio. Like, we never had Bill Michaels. Um, we just got Casper. I don't know if you know Dan Casper, a local guy in the morning here. Um, yeah. But we never had. It was all nationals all we had. 
Um, so like I've been listening for a long time. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but Tony Kornheiser had a show for a long time for Cowherd. Yeah. Um, that was actually the guy who left to give Cowherd a spot and Tony Kornheiser was awesome on the radio, but that's all we ever had was, it was Jim Rome, Tony Kornheiser, or Dan Patrick, Scott Van Pelt. Like these are the guys we had. So I didn't have local cause we never, we, we didn't get Bill Michaels till I don't know, a few years ago. So right. it's been really nice now to get local stuff, but otherwise, all we ever got to listen to was, you know, Yankees and Lakers and Cowboys and stuff. So it's been really nice to have local stuff now. Yeah. I mean, as long as you could avoid the Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith Mm. side of all of it, I think you're okay. Like at least like Dan Patrick, I like listening to him a good amount. Scott Van Pelt's the man. Like at least that is great radio. I cannot bear the whole Bayless, Stephen A. way of like, it's entertaining because they're ridiculous, but I can't sit there and, seriously listen to them argue the stupidest stuff every day yeah it's still not as bad as jim rome and the clone army that is the most ridiculous that whole cult thing i don't know what's going on it is so unbearable on the smackdown i don't know if you've ever if you've ever listened to jim rome i've not but it's more about it's more about the listeners and the callers than it is actual yeah. sports topics the callers ripping on each other and, and it's this whole inside thing and it's incredibly annoying well i've gotten ripped a little bit i'll let you behind the curtain here so Zach Heilprin and I here in Madison have a show Thursday nights on Wisconsin Badger stuff. So when I first was cutting bumpers and music and stuff for the show, I heard a song called Welcome to the Jungle. I was like, oh, this is this is such a cool <laughs> song. I think it would work so well as an intro. I kid you not. I had no knowledge that it happened to be the intro of another show for the last however many years, 20, 30 years. So yep. we, we did a show that like that. Then that Friday morning, I come into work, I go on air, and I get ripped apart because everyone was like, dude, you're just you're just ripping them off. Like, what are you doing? And I, I swear <laughs> I had no idea. So we have since well, switched to the Dropkick Murphys, which works well. I was like, don't, don't play uh, Rap Superstar by Cypress Hill because that's Dan Patrick. So now, now you know that one too. So I don't even know that song. Oh, I don't think. Do I know up. that song? It's a good song. Okay. It's a good song. I bet you'd recognize it. Yeah, I'll do it during break. But I've I've just gone in. I know nobody in their right mind would have the Dropkick Murphys as their radio bumper music, so I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Well, you guys are doing good. It's a good listen today. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Call man. again. 877-867-1670. Yeah, Grant, and then you're over there. You're a basic man. You have Drake. Way to go out on a limb yeah. with the music. Okay. Never heard that song before. It works well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've had it for four years now. I've never once thought that maybe it needs to be changed. None of the powers that are above me in our building have approached me about changing it. So I just, you know, I just leave it. I do update the intro. I changed the little quote at the beginning. Yeah, I, I know. To have Your intro now is just ripping the rest of the network to shreds. <laughs> so the intro used to have highlights. I'll have to, maybe I can find it, I'll play it or whatever. But there was a, a Euchre home run call a Larravee comment, and then the last part of it was Matt LePay's call of the Gilreath return against Ohio State. That's a good one. This game's underway with a bang, and then the voice guy would come in. But my boss reminded me that we don't have rights for all of those networks across our network. Yep. So can't use them. Matt LePay's terrific. You know, the Brent Musburger call, though, is so awesome. And maybe that's just college football nerd stuff, but... I have loved listening to Brent Musburger, but when he goes, when you hear that little inflection in the voice, when he goes 35, 40, and then he hits that gap and then you hear him 
go a little bit more aggressive reading the numbers. Oh, that's a good call. I'll find that he coming does up. Raiders radio. No, he? no longer. He, yeah, but he was good. I he remember was, hearing highlights and thinking, wow, I kind of thought he was an old sleepy man, but it was good. I think My, there was some uh, controversy there. It didn't sound like he wanted to step down. Oh. But I don't know why. Classic. Yeah. My favorite Brent Musburger memory was whatever game, however many years ago, when they had Eminem in the booth. <laughs> oh, he yes. Kept, he kept calling him Marshall or Mr. <laughs> Mathers, and the whole thing was just so patently ridiculous. It's stuck in my head. I don't even remember what game it was. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Wisconsin. There's no way it was Wisconsin. It could have been a random Pac-12 game with two teams I've never watched, but for whatever reason, I watched and I remember Marshall being in the booth with them. That's good. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phone. Phones are being rocked today. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Oh, and we lost him. Patience, people. Goodness. Uh. Call back whoever that was. Patience. I'm going to go to the phones. Just need a minute or two. I, I would never cut Grant off in that setting and say we have to go to the phones now. So wait a minute and a half. Start a timer on your phone. When you call in, I'll get to you. Don't worry. I'll find that Musburger call on the Gill Reef return. Uh, a lot more to come. 877-867-1670. Whatever's on your mind, we will entertain it. It's Grant Bills and Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. Couple segments left before we're out of here. I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. I a uh, lot of golf watching, but then the good thing about this tournament is I like to be up early. I'm up early for work a lot, but then it ends around two or three every day. I can then have a day after that. It's not like others that really take you up until dinner time and then. Well, you just spent your entire day watching golf. Then you reevaluate your life at that point. I, that's not what this weekend is. It's in Europe. So the time change makes that good. Tonight, Brewers at Giants after the crew took game one uh, with the extra innings three to two victory. Brandon Woodruff, he is seven and three with a 4.01 ERA, 80 strikeouts, towing the rubber against Alex Wood, another lefty, six and seven, 4.43. ERA for the Giants. If you want to look at track record, who might be able to make an impact? Brandon Belt in seven at bats off Brandon Woodruff through his career. Two home runs. He's two for seven, 286 average. Brandon Crawford has five at bats and a couple hits. The rest of it, Jock Peterson has hit two bombs off him, though he is only three for 12. And the rest, not much experience. Over to the Brewers side, and this might be bad news. Andrew McCutcheon, 31 at-bats against Alex Wood in his career. One home run, though he's hitting 194. Christian Yelich, though, if he is in the lineup tonight, and no lineups have come out yet, Christian Yelich hitting 406. Ted Williams-type stuff against Alex Wood in his career. So what? maybe Council goes back to the, uh, what, am I being crazy? No, no, not at all. Slap hitting Ted Williams? No. Slap hitting Ted Williams. I take that back. That was a joke. I'm not going to. Someone called me iconoclastic way back. It means the tearing down of ancient relics. 
I'm not going to go into that mode today because I could, but I'm not going to. And I don't believe that. Would you be tearing down? We could have dumped all over Lou Gehrig when we were talking about retirement. No, 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 we're not doing that. And I would never, Ted Williams, arguably the greatest hitter of all time. I'm not going to do that. It all has to do with basketball. And that's where people have their trouble. But that's a generational thing in basketball. People I think start... I'm going to yell more about this Rashid Wallace Giannis thing tonight on my show. Oh, I think I'm going to do another 12 minutes on it. I would if I were you. It's ridiculous. And then you can tie that in somehow to people saying that guys like, oh, I don't want to go down this road, Grant. I'm just going to alienate. I'm going to alienate the old school basketball hardos out there. Maybe, maybe the old school basketball hardos need to be alienated a little bit. The thing just is. When I do this stuff, I can't tell. Sometimes I can't tell if I'm being serious or if it's a bit. So most of the time I'm serious. And then I do have some bits like Christian Yelich turning into the best leadoff hitter of all time. That is obviously it's worked a little bit. He's played well, half a joke, but there are times where I'm caught in the middle. I can't tell if it's a bit or not. Like I can't tell if I really believe that Bill Russell like wasn't good. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think you can you can talk about how the league was just different back then. There weren't as many teams. It's like the Packers winning a bunch of titles in the 20s. You know, it's cool. It's history. Doesn't mean it's not important, but it's different than winning a title today. I feel the same way about those Russell teams. I figure we might get a Zobin call teaching me about history coming up soon. Uh, but I mean, a 6'10 guy playing against a bunch of firefighters. I'm going down this road. Very reluctantly, by the way, but I mean, but you are going down the road. Yeah, I know. That's just because when I'm the, kind of pushing you, though. Yeah, when the brain starts moving, it's really hard to make it stop. Uh, yeah, six ten guy. He shot forty percent from the field against guys that were five eight. Like, come on. Yeah. Again, I think the the coolest Russell stuff is how the town that he was winning all these championships for still hated him. Like, that's the part of Russell's story that I think is historically so interesting. I mean, one of the all-time greats, but, like, of course, Boston sports fans hated him for, you know, racist reasons and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. 877-867-1670. To not go any further and talk about Wilt Chamberlain and his (laughs) 100-point, alleged 100-point night, uh, talk about the Brewers coming up tonight. Um I don't know if I'm confident necessarily in them getting a win. I think Council will stack the lineup again against Woodruff, uh, against Wood, excuse me, the lefty. Though, I mean, if Woodruff pitches like he has since he's been back, then they could definitely do it. But it's one of those things where I think we're due for a bit of a Woodruff shaky start. You kind of got think it. So? You kind of got it last time, but that was in the seventh inning. I think we're due pre All Star break. I don't really think he's fully back to 100%, even though he's looked awesome. I mean, he hasn't gone as deep in games. He's not fully stamina-wise there yet, I don't think. So I think the Giants could have success. Also, doesn't Alex Wood feel like that random pitcher that just shuts the Brewers down for eight innings? Yeah. Yeah, every pitcher feels like that, Ben. You can make (laughs) the case every pitcher we ever play. I um, Another interesting storyline, I'm trying to come at it from a different perspective than you, we have a Woodruff versus Wood matchup, so a lot of Wood. Ooh. And if this game goes long and Uh-oh. goes after midnight, we're going to have Morning Wood. <laughs> Grow up. 
<laughs> you told me to grow up. Listen, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. to watch the Open. That's already, that part's done for. You don't yeah. need that. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter who's pitching. If you're getting up at 4 o'clock to watch golf. That's already accounted for. I was up at uh, 5.30 today. Short, very short story. Uh, I live downtown. So any of my friends that meet me after work for a drink, I always tell them, if you want to sleep here, you can, because it's right around the corner. And I, you know, blew up the air mattress. And my buddy had to leave for work at 5.30, but didn't want to get up at 5.30. Didn't get up until 6. So I heard, you know, a good handful of alarms and, you know, had that whole ordeal. So I wasn't up at 4. For he golf, has his I hose out. I was up at 5. <laughs> uh, Do that again. 877. He has his hose out. <laughs> what was the Brent Venables quote again? Oh, man. Uh, We're blowing am, and going. I have the fire hose so far up my mouth, and we're <laughs> blowing and going. But he's talking about learning on the job, you know? Yeah, I'll find that again. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Keep us back on track. Line one. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, you got FedEx Fred. FedEx Fred. What's up? What's on your up, mind, Fred? man? What's up? Uh, you guys were talking about the uh, Mount Rushmore sportscasters. Yeah. Radio host. Uh, the Dan Levitar show with Stu Gatz. Mm. He's on my list. Yeah. Tough to go wrong that way. I will say they're on the hot seat today because they had Andre Iguodala on recently, and he said Rashid Wallace was better than Giannis, and they had no pushback there. So I, a little bit of a problem with how they handled it, so I put them on the minor hot seat. I get that, but then uh, just uh, after that interview, they came out the next day and they addressed it with. Uh, they said something where it kind of made sense. Like he had the he had the ability, but nobody is Giannis. I see. So they did walk it back. They did. They did walk back that interview a little bit. Oh, I missed uh, that entirely. Yeah, it was on because uh, they do a podcast now. It was like on their third hour of their podcast. Gotcha. 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 The one where. The one where nobody listens to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have a question. Uh, with the Brewers, mm-hmm. with them needing a bat and some fielding, would it be out of the realm of possibility to see what you could get for Christian Yelich? Wow. I wish you had said this before one thirty on Friday. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Talk about a, I mean, listen, realistically, when I look at it without going deep into what could possibly happen, would another team be okay taking on the contract in terms of the production? I think my answer would likely be no and also give up prospects for that. I think there are guys that can do what Christian Yelich does, but aren't named Christian Yelich that you could find in the open market on the trade market. So for that reason, I would say you probably couldn't get that much. Though it is an intriguing, intriguing question. That, I, was a, I was asked that question last night by a friend, and my response yeah. was, was the same as yours. Who wants this contract? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Got to let you go. Appreciate the phone call, man. A uh, little bit of noise there in the background. Call again, definitely. I think it's the contract, Grant. I also just think it's the name, right? Sometimes when you make trades, you make a trade for an older guy that has the name. I think you could find guys that could produce the same level as Yelich has that aren't named Yelich and get them for cheaper. That's my thought. Is there a guy around baseball who was signed to a similar deal after being good and now is kind of tailed off? It just let's call it a, a change of scenery trade. 
Like we're going to take our guy that's underperforming, trade him for your guy that's underperforming. It might work out for both of us. Is there a player like Bellinger's been better, right? Yeah, that's the one because the one it made so much sense. They're the, they were the same guy. Exactly. Pretty much MVP struggles. Bellinger has turned the corner a bit. I guess so is Yelich. Yeah, I guess in a different way. I mean, the power and the production isn't there. I don't know that you could get much in a trade. So I think the Brewers have a lot more value with Yelich than another team could get out of them. And that's something you have to consider. Anytime you're thinking of trading someone away, you got to think, is this player worth more to my team or would they be worth more to another team? And in the Brewers case, I think the potential of Yelich, even for stretches, turning into the guy he was a couple of years ago, I think that possibility is worth more to them than, uh, you know, a couple okay prospects or like a replacement level player that they get back in return. No doubt. If you're another team, what does Yelich really bring to you at the end of the day? He's not a defensive upgrade because he is a declining defensive player. He's not a power upgrade because the power is not there. If you're a contender and you're making a trade, you're probably not looking for a leadoff hitter. You probably have a guy better than that in that spot. And then he'll give you hits, right? I don't know exactly what value he would bring to another team. I don't know why another team would covet him in terms uh, compared to other players. Plus, then you're the Brewers, you're getting prospects, then you're selling everybody. So. Yeah. Well, that's I'd trade for Yelich if I could get him for a cheap price because it's, you know, if we can eat the salary. No, but I'm even the so, on a guy would you? Who, well, it de- it depends. Baseball without a salary cap and some teams depend who's contending and who has money. I The one bit of appeal that Yelich would have is if you could get him for cheap, you'd be taking a flyer on a guy who has great potential. But, but then the Brewers aren't getting much for him back. They're giving him away, essentially. Yeah. So that doesn't work for us. Right. I don't think it would work in any way. But even so, if I was a team and I considered trying to bet on his potential, I still would be very hesitant because I would be a team in contention to win. I'm not trying to get him necessarily to build for the future. Like we're not talking about the Baltimore Orioles here. We're talking about one of the contenders. But then at that point, I'm looking for guys that are versatile and good at defense. I'm looking for timely clutch hitters and Yelich won't fit those boxes necessarily. That I agree with. Yeah. It's a very yeah. interesting question. I just, if, if Bob Nightingale or whoever tweeted out today that the Brewers are looking to take calls on Yelich, who's scrambling to make that trade? You know, I, I think yep. it's, it'd have to be a really specific deal. Wow. That was a good putt by Rory. I turned it off. It, it stopped working. Can you explain what happened there, Grant? Well, oh, here we go. The drive was poor. It went left into the tall sawgrass or fescue or whatever word. I'll translate. He he hooked his drive and he found the bushes. They called them bushes there. That's as simple. But the beauty about that course is it's not a big bush. When you hit it out, instead you're in an area where it's a 50-50 proposition of whether you're in wispy tall grass you can hit out of or dense bush and you're screwed which is a beauty because the more times you take those chances, the more likely you are to be screwed by one of those lies. However, the way you score on this course is by taking the line near the bush. Every hole, if you play out right, it's safe, but you then have bad angles into the pin. If you go left towards all the danger, but you hit a great shot, you have a really good opportunity to score. 
That's the beauty of that course. Continue. Uh, okay. So his drive went into the bush, as we say at the open, in St. Um, Andrews. Andrews. Yep, that was going to be the next word out of my mouth. So then his second shot lands on the green, but he hit it too strong, struck it too well, and it rolled to the back corner of the green. Okay. So then his third shot was all about setting up a really makeable fourth shot, and he put it within feet of the pin. Just beautiful roll. So his lag putting was on point. What is a lag putt? A lag putt is when you are far away from the hole like Rory was. You're not trying to make the putt. You are trying to get it into a five-foot circle to give you a good shot to make the next one. It's like a setup putt. Yeah, for instance, if there's a lot of slope, you could try to be aggressive and try to go straighter and harder because the slower the putt goes, the more the slope hits it, if that makes sense. When the ball rolls fast, it can take some of the break out of it because it's rolling so fast. It's not affected by the subtle slopes. But for lag putting, that's more you try to aim a little further up the slope and just have it roll slowly down towards the hole. You're just trying to set up a makeable next putt. A Devin Williams putt. Some might say, um, yeah, Devin Williams in July, I think fits maybe not April Devin Williams or October Devin Williams, October Devin Williams would be tiger right now. He's hurt. Uh, yes. So now he's setting up for his, you would just call this a putt par putt. He's going, okay. Par putt or a tap. I don't know if it's tapping in or not. No, it's uh, eyeballing it. I don't know, seven, eight feet, maybe. Oh, no, that's that's pretty lengthy. So so it was a bad lag putt. You know what? We're done with this. Well, I I thought that was a really makeable putt. Rory will tell you he should hit that putt for par. Oh, you got to be kidding me. He was 105. It was a 100 foot putt. He put to six feet. That's good. But you can't say that's some drastic, great job. Well, this is why I'm not the one describing the standings and the golf to the listeners. That's very fair. Uh, and I don't think you will be in the future. No offense. <laughs> Although it was no. a fun exercise. It was. It was interesting. We all learned something. 877-867-1670. There's a Twitter poll up. Should Grant finally change his intro song from Drake? 14 votes. Not a lot. 71% say yes. Take that as you will. It's Ben, Kenny, and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. couple segments left. We're back after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. That'll get the juices flowing. We're back. It's the Bill Michael Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. A couple segments left. 877-867-1670. The lines are open. If you want to get a hold of the program, we got time. We could do it. Let's go straight to the phones. Line one. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? This is Drew from Drew, what's on your mind, man? What's up? You want to chat a little bucks? Uh, a little bucks. I think I'm going to defer to my colleague Grant uh, in this regard. Go sure. ahead. Yeah, let's do it. What's on your mind? Is there anything that the Bucks organization or like Mike Budenholzer specifically, is there anything he can do to bolster the team this year, get us to another title win? Or are the Bucks going to become just another Wisconsin sports team that makes it to the postseason but then fizzles out year after year? 
Hmm. Hmm. Appreciate it. Um, call again. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Drew. I think John hmm. Horst loves the team like it is. And I believe that the Bucks think that if Giannis, Middleton, and Drew are all healthy in a playoff series, there's not many or excuse me, there's not very many instances they're gonna lose. Does that make sense? Like I, I think the Bucks believe John Horst, Coach Bud, and I think a lot of smart basketball people think if Giannis, Drew, and Chris are healthy, they're probably going to win every playoff series they play. And I think that's how they operated this offseason. And I think that'll be the case for the next couple of years. So, whereas it's a little different with the Packers, like the Packers kept running it back, running it back, running it back. Having the best quarterback in the league only gets you so far. Having the best player in the NBA and maybe the best big three in the NBA does a lot for you in a way it doesn't do a lot for the Packers or some of our other Wisconsin teams, like Drew mentioned. Um, to be completely honest, I don't know if I'm in, I don't have any thoughts on the bucks today. That's fine. I think mean, I agree with everything you said, but this that's yeah. one of the things the brain is in so many places. The NBA summer league and the bucks roster is not where it's at, at this, at this moment. I'm even it's getting okay. in like the NFL thoughts are starting to percolate. You know, we're getting into that stuff. It's I deep. was just listening to, uh, Nick Wright cowherd show talking about why he ranked russell wilson so low so i'm definitely starting to listen to more football talk uh, that stuff quarterback rankings i know which uh, which quarterback was ahead of aaron Rodgers? here's the thing about quarterback rankings like mm-hmm. zach and i did tiers for the big 10 quarterbacks i like it better because i didn't say who was better than the other guy i yep. created about seven categories some of them only had one guy but ways that I would words I would use to describe my thoughts on this guy. And some of them are more positive than others. I like the ranking thing. It's such an easy way to just, you know, this guy's ahead of this guy. Let's talk about it for an hour. I just find it kind of infuriating as time goes on. Counterproductive. Maybe like I love and organizing is better than ranking. Yeah. Individuals for sure. Like my, uh, looks funny on the sideline tier. Brett Bielema doesn't have to be very serious. It could be funny, but that's is, the way is we there did another it. guy that looked funny on the sideline in the big 10. <sighs> I mean, PJ Fleck was his own tier. That was a 12 minute clip that I had to edit down because <laughs> I think we went a little too hard on him. Zach going hard on PJ Fleck. Nah, there's no way I got to him last night because I mentioned Donnell Pumphrey, the NCAA all time rushing leader. Yeah. Sore spot for Zach. That is a very sore spot for Zach. Yeah, I saw his soul. He gave me the hardest death stare I've ever received. And my eighth grade teacher hated me. Like, she would would stare my ass down at the back of the classroom all day. I've never met Zach in person. Never gotten to feel that stare. I can feel it sometimes over the phone. Oh, oh, he is. The eyes roll over the phone, definitely. I want to meet Zach. Well, I guess if I'm coming to the golf outing, do I get to meet Zach? Will he be there? I do not believe so. I think he has stuff to do that day. Of course. You just got to come down to Madison. Come do the show from here one day. Uh, That I would do, but only if Zach is a studio guest. I want him in the flesh. I can arrange that. It'll be a give and take. I'll have to then do something for him, but I can set you up with that. Well, and I can do something for him too, but then Zach will be like, Grant, you have nothing that I want. You can do <laughs> nothing that will make it up to me. It's like, okay, sick, Zach. No, he'll want to hold it over me. And like, that's fine. I, I'll do that for the, for the network. I'm a company guy. Yeah, I try to be a company guy too. I came in uh, an hour earlier than I needed to today. 
uh, because someone needed a commercial produced. And I said, no, I'm wow. there. If All a right. client needs it, I'm there. You did everything but host on Monday. That's Shut impressive. Up. Yeah. All right, 877. This guy says, Grant seems like the kind of guy that should have the welcome back song as his intro. What song does he mean? Welcome back song. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. That one? I, have I shouldn't have read this on air. No clue. Dustin, if you're listening, let us know what that means. I killed the flow. It's Just like right. I killed it. I, I killed it trying to talk about Rory's lag putt. I, I killed it by reading a tweet. I'm sorry. 877-867-1670. And uh, Victor Hovland at the Open. Very pr- provocative outfit. He's wearing a grandma sweater that looks like a quilt. He birdied the... Uh, let me check. He birdied the 14th hole. He is hitting his second shot into the 15th green. And he holes it from the fairway. The first long range holding of a ball I have seen at the open this year. That brings him to nine under. He is charging. Mr. Can't chip is doing a pretty terrific job around the greens this week. Doing well. All right. 877-867-1670. Final segment. Bill Michael show coming up next. We'll wrap it up. We'll get you set for the weekend. The Brewers weekend. Whatever else is going on. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's the final segment. The Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. Bill Michaels is back on Monday after taking this week off for vacation. I'm sure he will have many thoughts about the end of the Brewers' first half, MLB first half, the All Star break, uh, setting in on Monday. Bill will be back then. Much to come on what we will talk about, who will join the show, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Grant, as I've said today, I'm excited for the weekend, man. I have, it's kind of been a long week. It's felt like I've had a lot of stupid errands to run. I think that's why it's not like I've had days where I can go from work, maybe the grocery store, work out one other thing, and then I can relax. I've I just had a lot of stuff to do. It's starting to get to a busy time because I'm in on the morning show next week. Zach Heilprin and I are in Indianapolis the next week for Big Ten Media Days. My cousin's getting married. There's a lot going on. So I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited for this provocative leaderboard we have at the top for the Open. Uh, Big plans coming up, or is it just, you know, another weekend in lacrosse? I haven't had a weekend with nothing going on in, like, well over a month. A couple weeks ago, we were in Chicago for a concert. Then the next weekend was Summerfest. Then last weekend... I had a friend in town and I played a gig on Friday night that went until two 30. So that kind of shot a hole in my entire Saturday this weekend. I got nothing. Mm. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And this week has been busy. You know, I get to work nine 30 to do this show. And then I'm here until seven. I was here till seven 30 last night. Yeah. So I haven't had much, you know, time to lay around. Although the brewers playing late at night last night was kind of cool. Cause I didn't miss anything. Even getting home a little bit later. Uh, I'm just going to probably go get drinks somewhere nice on Saturday, low-key. 
Ooh. Watch golf. Hey, there we go. I'm excited for you. I, I just, I'm happy <laughs> for you. All the golf that's in front of us and the way that the leaderboard is setting up into tomorrow. Oh, you're going to go to bed with a smile on your face tonight. And I am, I'm happy for you. I'm happy through you. I'm glad I've gotten to experience the first two days of this event while hosting a show with you. I might go to sleep as soon as I get home after work. I might eat lunch and then go to sleep just so I can wake up. It's one of those nights. I'm easily pleased to listen. It, like this is, there are a few things during the year that I'm like a little kid on Christmas Eve going to sleep for. One of them are the four major golf tournaments, which is mm-hmm. four times a year. I don't know what the others are, honestly. That might be the so only it's the one. Four majors. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I like the Super Bowl. But I don't wake up anxious about it unless my team's in it, you know? Yeah. The rest um, of the days, ugh. I mean, Christmas, I guess, maybe. For me, it's probably Thanksgiving. Love that day. Elite day. I love the start of the NBA playoffs. Obviously, March Madness is pretty great. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I, I have fewer days than you do. I guess it's sad because when I was younger, there were so many days. The start yeah. of summer, the start of winter break. Oh. It's Now it's like, oh, I get to wake up and watch guys hit a little ball in a field for seven hours in the morning tomorrow. And that's like, is, it's going to make my weekend. <laughs> is this Victor Hovland guy? Yeah. The oldest looking young person or the youngest looking old person? <laughs> How old is he? He's like 24. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. He's so tan and... He just looks, he looks like, yeah, I guess he does look younger. Now that I get a better look at him, that makes sense. Yeah, he is an interesting, you see his outfit though, provocative yeah. outfit. Fantastic. And I love uh, Ping, the brand Ping. Yeah. I'm all about that. I got you. So Cam Smith, 13, Cam Young, 11, Rory, Dustin Johnson, Hovland, 9, where we sit today. Um, Brewers, as I mentioned, Brandon Woodruff, Alex Wood tonight. I would, mm, I think it's a pure toss up. I feel like Alex would find success. Woodruff, I don't, I'm not going to bank on length. So it could be a bullpen kind of day. I think the Giants win tonight. I think tomorrow when Eric Lauer takes the mound, I think the Brewers pull that one out when he goes up against Alex Cobb. You finally get a righty going up against the Brewers. I think Eric Lauer could fit San Francisco well. The home run has plagued him all season. I think keeping the ball in the park could really be valuable there. Plus, maybe there's a corner being turned. Who knows? So I'll I'll take the Brewers to lose tonight, win tomorrow, and then Sunday into the all-star break, anything can happen. You know, it's Logan Webb against Jason Alexander, David versus Goliath. Anything can happen. If, If Logan Webb can be that normal skier that doesn't step on the cornice, then the Brewers have some success. Otherwise, then, but... Here's the thing. A split, I think, is a win at this point. Going to the all-star yeah. break with fine-ish momentum, get healthy, get right, and then go on a run. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, the way that we've been in a slog with the Brewers the last couple of weeks, isn't it just way better going into a game knowing that Burns or Woodruff is pitching? My God. Burns. The vibes are so much better. Not necessarily Woodruff yet. I'm not there. Oh, okay. I'm not all the I way mean, back. I, I'm way more in on Woodruff than on Chi Chi or Jason Alexander or Hauser or Lauer. Or, I'm not going to say Woodruff's on the same level. Here we go with the tiers again. Not on the same tier as Burns, but yeah. a tier above everyone else. Yeah, I see that. 
I see that. All right. I, I do want to say, Grant, it's been a pleasure. It's been an awesome week. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, thank you for all of those who have stuck with us through the week. Me and Ebo on Monday and then myself and Grant throughout the rest. Filling in for Bill. Bill will be back on Monday. There will be more off days in the future, Grant. Don't you worry. So if Hopefully you want there more. there will be live call for yes. me to commentate on. Well, every Thursday and Friday there is. So pro tip. Uh, if you want to hear more, Ben Kenny and Grant Bills, I'm sure this will happen sometime in the near future again. But thanks, everyone, for hanging around. Thanks for the people who called in. Thanks for hanging out with us and interacting and dealing with the crap. Bill Michaels is back on Monday. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. See ya. Thanks, Ben. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.